With me today to unpack some of the bruising events of 2018 and to provide more detail and an outlook for the South African fixed income market is Portfolio Manager and Head of Fixed Income, Nishan Miraj. Welcome, Nish, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Kaish. Good to be here. If we look at the South African fixed interest market, uh, 2018 started tremendous promise and hope for emerging market investors. Bond yields, currencies appreciated quite nicely. But then we saw a material change in the tide. Can you provide us some color on what transpired in the environment over 2018? And in particular, in that final quarter where virtually every asset class underperformed cash? The year started with a lot of promise. We had a number four year. We had a lot of uh, the global environment being very supportive for emerging markets that supported emerging market currencies rallying, supported emerging market bond rallies, but it pushed them to valuation levels that were way too tight, that didn't offer sufficient margin of safety against any sort of volatility or any sort of negative surprises. And going into the second half of the year, you had the revival of the US-China trade war that called into question global growth assumptions. We know now that the global growth assumptions were way too high, and that caused a revision in asset class expectations, which brought down emerging market currencies and bonds, which eventually fed through into South Africa. That was combined with the fact that you had a U.S. Federal Reserve or U.S. FOMC that was looking at a U.S. economy that was growing very strongly and looking to high rates well above market expectations. The combination of two, those two had a very negative impact on emerging markets and SA. And then to compound things within South Africa itself, you had the question marks around growth that we now know were answered with us being in a technical recession over a period of last year. You had the concerns around the fiscus that materialized at the MTBPS. We saw no fiscal consolidation, an increase in debt to GDP. And finally, we had the concerns around SOEs and the bailout around SOEs and what that meant for the economy. And to end it all off, we had load shedding, <laughs> which left us all a bit in the dark. So, you know, the combination of that led to a very poor year for fixed income assets, more specifically South African government bonds, although SA government bonds just outperformed cash by about 60 basis points or so. But the big negative performers were listed property that was down almost 25% from an index level. Even at a stock-specific level, the best performers were down anywhere between 7 to 8%. And that was a combination of a global equity risk-off environment, the fact that locally growth hadn't increased, vacancies were increasing, reversions or negative reversions were increasing as well. And finally, you had Edcon. We know that global growth is expected to slow over the next couple of years. But starting off what is an incredibly low base, South Africa is one of a handful of emerging markets where we do expect to see some positive growth. But if, if we look at the country, and I mean, we live here, we see the, the newspapers every day and we hear the noise, we still face a number of risks. We're going into an election year. We still have a number of dysfunctional SOEs, in particular ESCOM. What is your view in terms of the risks and more importantly, the opportunities for the local economy to get back on track? I think globally, we all are very aware of the risks that face us, um, the resumption in the US-China trade war and any sort of you know geopolitical risk. But I think South Africa itself faces a lot of its own problems and own risks over the next quarter, more specifically 
more immediately is ESCOM. As you mentioned, ESCOM is, you know, a major overhang for the economy. It's central to growth. It's the source of the biggest concern for the fiscus in terms of the amount of money that's needed to bail it out. And that will be something we'll be watching very carefully. Our sort of analysis that we've done within our team indicates that, you know, in order to put ESCOM back into a place where it can decrease its debt load, become more productive over the next couple of years, you're going to need a combination of things to happen, which include a the bailout or takeover of debt, include cutting costs massively and also, you know, cutting procurement costs, in addition to a complete restructure of the business as well. And that's going to have to be driven a lot from the political side and from a government perspective in terms of change of perception around or thinking around ESCOM going forward. So that's the first big thing. The second one will be the fiscus or the budget speech in February in terms of how they put us back onto a path of fiscal consolidation, how they put us back onto a path where debt consolidates below 50%, all without hiking taxes. South Africa sits with tax revenue as a percentage of overall revenue at around 29-30%. It's the highest among EMs, and it's getting to a point where it actually becomes a negative influence on, on the economy. So we have to watch for signs of how that's put forward. Thankfully, at the medium-term budget in October last year, there were a lot of conservative assumptions put into the budget. So I think, if anything, there is room for a slight bit of positive surprise in terms of tax electricity and stuff like that. And then, of course, we're going into an election. And there's going to be a lot of noise around who did what, who said what in going into that election cycle. But I think more importantly for South Africa is how strong of a mandate Cyril Ramaphosa has given as the president of the country and how quickly he can react post the elections in terms of implementing much of the needed changes around land reform, for expropriation, labor reform, SOE reform, uh, just to name a few. The good thing is, the, as you said earlier, the base in South Africa is so short that the potential is immense. So that means, and thankfully, over the last six months, we've had a situation where asset prices have also been shot. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity that presents itself within the South African context and fixed income. We know that Coronation's fixed income portfolios had a great year last year in notwithstanding what happened with the asset classes, but from a, a relative performance. Where are you finding value now and how are you positioning the, the portfolios for it? One of the key things that we've done right is that We've managed to be stuck to our guns in terms of being active managers when it comes to our fixed income portfolios, most specifically in duration, property positioning and stuff like that. But currently, you know, some of the key areas of value that we find, firstly in government bonds, we think government bonds are pretty much at fair value, if not slightly cheap. So it warrants a sort of allocation within the portfolios. If you look at our multi-asset class funds, the returns offered by government bonds from a real perspective, and that's if you take the nominal rate minus the inflation rate, sits closer to 5% relative to any of the other investable classes that's extremely attractive. So they are flagging as quite cheap, both from a relative basis and an absolute basis, and that's why we hold them within the fund. Uh, Inflation-linked bonds are not as attractive, but there is selective value. And we're finding value very much in the very front end of the curve, where real yields are close to 3%. The implied break-even inflation, which is effectively where the market expects inflation to average over the next two to three years, is closer to 4.7%. So that offers us a lot of upside relative to our forecast of 5, 5.2%. And then something that we're keeping a very close eye on is listed property. 
I mean, valuations without a doubt are screening is quite cheap, but there are a few risk events over the next couple of months that we are keeping an eye on that we're looking for an outcome there. And then in those funds that can go offshore, offshore credit and emerging market debt obviously has had a massive reprice over the last couple of quarters. And it's something that we are finding value in, specifically in things like some of the local companies that issue offshore, they just been painted with the same brush. And these are companies we understand very well that are trading in extremely cheap levels that we think offer value for the portfolios. And then lastly, to wrap up, the three things that uh, are keeping you awake at night at the moment, what would you summarize them to be? I think in the world we live in, there's a lot of stuff for us to worry about. There's so many moving parts, dynamics have changed, landscapes have changed. The way things get traded and invested in have completely changed that have made what we worry about completely different compared to 10 years ago. But if I had to isolate three specific things, I think from a South African context, the first thing would be growth and the reforms that get put in place for growth and how quickly South Africa can return to 2%. That has been been a major disappointment for a long time. But we have some optimism going forward given the base we're coming off. But that's, you know, something that keeps me worried, that keeps keeps us worried. More specifically, how do we get from the sluggish 1, 1.5% to 2, 2.5% very quickly? And that's something we're watching quite carefully. The next one is sort of corporate credit within South Africa. Although corporate balance sheets are incredibly well capitalized, they have plenty of cash on it. Unfortunately, the valuation levels, because of the lack of issuance, has compressed considerably to levels that we think are slightly expensive. So, you know, that's something that, keeps me up at night, as well as the regulations surrounding corporate credit. And finally, it'll be global monetary policy. Currently, expectations around global monetary policy are quite depressed, especially in the US where the market price is very little to only uh, minimum hikes over the next couple of years. If you see a resumption in uh, the upper trajectory of inflation, that could put pressure on those expectations change to the upside and obviously the impact of that on global rates is quite large and specifically on, on emerging markets. And that's not only in the US, but also in, the, in Europe and other parts of the world. But I think a, a useful summary is that despite the risks and challenges that are around, asset prices sitting at very, very depressed levels and looking as attractive as they have in a very, very long time. Exactly, yeah. For a long time in South Africa, we were faced with a problem where asset prices didn't reflect the negativity. I think now they reflect the negativity plus a little bit more. Awesome. Thank you, Nish.